Hey y'all, welcome back to Refined in the Fire. Come out like gold. Bless Kenya here. And um, this episode, we're going to be talking about anxiety. Uh, I want to share with you the month of April for me was really rough, which is an understatement. Um, I'm glad April's over and we're in May. <laughs> I'll just say that. Uh, yeah, April was filled with a lot of anxiety for me. And when anxiety knocks, what do you do? Do you open the door? Do you let it in? And I did. And, uh, you know, anxiety, sometimes it can feel like, um, you know, in Christmas time, we don't realize how much anxiety we have during Christmas time. Uh, we go through like the five stages of grief. We have um anxiety yes of course we have stress we have joys we have laughter we have ups we have downs the season of christmas can be such a tumultuous time in our emotions and we go through a lot of things you know spending money and we're like oh lord do we do we have all this money to spend for our children or for gifts for other people or you know what am i going to cook what am i going to this and we just go through different emotions and that's kind of how i felt like the countdown to Christmas. You know, we all say, oh, the 25 days of Christmas. And April felt like the countdown because I was waiting for something and waiting on something. And every day, every hour, every minute was long. I did not look at my watch as much as I did in my life probably in April. I looked at the time on the microwave. I was just anxious. And anxiety man it had given me heart palpitation fast breathing my mind was racing I was pondering things I was grieved I was losing hope I was gaining hope I was losing strength regaining strength questioning everything thinking overthinking doubting believing not believing I was ups downs laughing crying and definitely had an overwhelmed and troubled mind and it wasn't fun I remember sharing with one of my my girlfriends, I was like, this is not fun. I don't like this. And I really did not know how to deal with it. I tried to pray. I tried talking to God. I did. And it just, anxiety was just super overwhelming. And I just want to share, how did I get rid of it? And how do you manage your mind when it comes to things of that nature? So, Anxiety knocked at my door. And like I said, I opened it. I answered it. I gave it some tea, some crackers, some cheese. (laughs) I entertained it. So what do you do when anxiety knocks? When you open the door, do you complain? Do you fret? Do you pray or sing if you can? First, we want to talk about what is anxiety? The concordance, which explains the original root word meaning in Greek, is to be careful to take thought, to be troubled with cares, look out for a thing, care or have care. So like when we care about something or someone, we seek to promote our interest in that thing or a person. Anxiety is an unwanted pet that lives in our minds. It's that stray cat that keeps coming around your block, wanting food and meowing in the middle of the night just super annoying just please someone get rid of that stray dog or that stray cat or that bird that keeps pooping on your car it's just an unwanted thing that just stays around and around and 
what we do, we take in that, that pet and we feed it and it grows and it lives. But we can't. We have to starve it so it dies or kick it out. Open the door and kick that thing right out. And that's what I chose to do. I kicked it out with no eviction notice. Bye. Bye, bye, bye. Bye, bye, bye. Okay, sorry. I I digress. Um, so, <laughs> um, so I want to share a dream I had um, about this. Uh, not about this, but it actually relates to it. A long time ago, and I'm a dreamer, like a Joseph. I, I've been dreaming all my life since I was a little girl. That's a way that God speaks to me a lot is in my dreams. So um, I had a dream long ago. And, um, and I remember a lot of my dreams too in details. So I had a dream long ago that I was sitting in this desert looking place and I remember just being gripped with fear. And on the right side of me was uh, a mountain and I could see the mountain. And it's funny because on the front side, was the mountain. It it had the cliffs and the peaks and the snow and it was like grayish, bluish looking, you know, like a mountain from like Colorado or something. I've never been, but I've seen it in pictures. But the awkward thing is on the backside of the mountain, it looked like a prop, like a Hollywood prop. On the backside, it was flat and and it was the the color of wood and you could see the, the wooden planks holding it up, propping it up. And the back of it, I could clearly see that this thing was like a Hollywood prop. But in the front of it looked like an actual mountain that somebody would climb, that somebody would scale. And I think at the time, God was trying to show me, it's not real. It looks like it's real. I mean, I actually felt like I was sitting at the base of a mountain. And this thing was hundreds of feet tall, towering over me, just ready to swallow me up. Um, I've never been to a real mountain in Jamaica. My family's from Jamaica. I've been to a few. But, you know, when you're at the base of a mountain, you don't really see the width, the, the height, the depth. You don't see the magnitude of the mountain. You see some land. You see some rocks. You see a lot of rocks. And you really can't see at the top from far away. The mountain is like, whoa, the mountain. But at the base of the mountain, it doesn't look like much. So that's pretty much what anxiety is and anxiety is rooted in fear itself so that prop I could have just knocked the prop over but because it looked like it was real it was something that had overtaken me and I was troubled I was troubled with cares and one thing I want to reference is the Bible has an answer for all of this. I know a lot of people think like, oh, does the Bible have an answer for everything in our life? Yes, actually, yes. And God knew that we would need answers for every little detail of our lives. So he put it in his word. So in Psalm 46, 1, when it says that um, to be troubled with cares, it says God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in time of trouble. So is cares also first Peter 5 7 casting all your cares upon him for he cares for you and to look out for a thing then our eyes are not on Jesus if we're looking out for a thing because that's what anxiety means right so anxiety means to be troubled with cares 
it means to look out for a thing. So if we're going to look out for a thing, we should look out for Jesus. Casting all our cares upon him for he cares for us. Um, the eyes that our eyes are looking into Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. That in Hebrews 12, 1, that we lay aside every weight and sin that so easily besets us or that so easily ensnares us. That just means it just trips us up. What's the weight? The weight is anxiety. And it feels so heavy sometimes. And what's the sin? Worry. God said to us that he didn't want us to worry. So that's the sin of it, you know. And um, how did I get rid of it? How did I let it go? Well, a friend of mine that I was sharing with that I had anxiety, I uh, was like, hey, girl, please pray for me because every day I'm dealing with this and it's hard and it's rough. And uh, she sent me a song and it had Natalie Grant in it. And Natalie Grant um, was saying that there was a scientific study done and I was listening to it. And you know what? In April, I spent probably 20 out of the 31 days living with anxiety, still feeding it. And um, Natalie Grant was, I was listening to the song and I was in the laundromat. I was like, oh, let me just listen to this song. And when I was listening to it, she said, she, she paused the song and she said, you know, there was um, a study done that there was a study done that um, anxiety and gratefulness, a scientific study, excuse me, a scientific study done that anxiety and gratefulness could not live in the same mind. And it's like immediately I got it. And I was like, whoa, I never thought about it like that. The two can't live in this. It's like oil and water. It just cannot mix. It can't mix. I don't care how much you try to mix it. It will not. It will always separate. So you know what? I praise. I started to praise God because I realized that as I was feeling the way I was feeling in my mind and trying to pray or trying to thank God, it really wasn't doing anything. It was a terrible elixir. It was a bad band-aid. And um, I never really thanked God for what has happened. I never really thanked God for what I did have or what was coming to me. I was just so overwhelmed about it coming and like a package, like you have a delivery, you know, Amazon. Me, I'm an Amazon queen. That's my confession today. <laughs> and, you know, when the package is coming, sometimes I check and I'm like, where is it? Where, where is it on the route? Is it here yet? Is it close? Okay, it's 10 stops away. Okay, it's five stops away. Okay, it's one stop away. Okay, it's in front of my house. Okay, where is it? Well, how come I don't see it? Where's the truck? That right there, um, you know, just need to chill. Like, wait for the package to come. When the package comes, I'll get the text. I'll open the door. Bam. It's like Christmas all over. I have the package. I have the gift. But there's no need to try to stress when something's on its way or, you know, anxiety, man, it can kill your hopes and it can kill your dreams. It can kill so much because it just has you so overwhelmed. And the first thing that you can do is just start to praise. And I started to praise God. And I just simply said, you know, God, thank you. And I praise you and I glorify you. You are holy. You're worthy. There's no one like you. And bam, immediately the anxiety got kicked out of my mind. And I was instantaneously better. And it was amazing how fast my mind just switched like a light switch. And did the situation change? No. And that's the thing. Your situation may not change, but your mind will change. 
because you don't want your mind to control you to the point of grief and depression and sadness now you don't want to eat you don't know what to do you're locked up you're bound in your own home you don't want to be a prisoner in your own home do you you don't want to be a prisoner in your own mind in your own body because of worry and stress and fear and anxiety and doubt of overthinking and not being sure and not trusting God, excuse me, that things will work out. That's what happens. You become a prisoner in your own mind and you can't get out. And you know what? The bars that surround the mind, because I've been there, the bars that surround the mind, it's like the prop. It's like that mountain. Just kick it over. But sometimes we get trapped in our own mind because of what we see, what we think we see. Anyway, I thought I saw the mountain and I thought it was real. On the front side, it looked really real. Like a real rocky Colorado mountain. In the back of it, it was a prop. Easily knocked down with one good kick, with one good swift hit. But because of what we see, sometimes our eyes deceive us. That's why the Bible says that we should walk by faith and not by sight. But there are many and me at times who walk by sight and not by faith. And any time we venture into walking by sight and not by faith, anxiety, fear, doubts, shame, pain, stagnation, and all the sort comes. Um, all the terrible negative thoughts. I can't do this and I don't do that and I need to do better and you know, then we just start going down the rabbit hole. Yeah, I need to lose weight and this and I don't have that done. And we, we start looking at what we don't have, what we haven't accomplished, who we are not. And you know, one thing God shared with me one time, because I used to be so negative about myself and my mind. And I was always saying, like, if someone had something to say to me, my mind immediately went to like, yeah, what did I do now? Or okay, yeah, I know I need to work on this, or I need to do that. And I remember the Lord saying to me, but what can you do? You're always talking about what you can't do, but what can you do? And I actually had to pause and think like, man, wait a minute. What can I do? (laughs) I think I've spent so much time thinking about what I can't do, what I haven't done, what I didn't do, who I'm not. I haven't even spent any time watering myself like a flower saying what I can do. And when I thought about it, I was like, well, I can do this. And when I said it, the Lord said, okay, what you can do, strengthen that. What you're strong in, strengthen it even more. And then naturally, all the things that you lack will naturally come up. Don't just focus on what you can't do, what you didn't do, what you need to get done. What's your strength today? That's what God is asking you and I. What is your strength today? What do you have in your hand? What currently do you have that you can use? What is your tool? What is your gift? What is your talent? What do you naturally flow in? What can you do? Take a second and think about it. Whatever comes to mind, that's it. Take that thing that you're strong in and strengthen it even more. If that thing that you're strong in is like a 25-pound dumbbell and you're like, lightweight, this is easy. Make it a 30 pound, 35 pound. And more, the more you go, the, the more you graduate in weight and strength. 
everything else will naturally come up. It's just like working out. If I'm strong in, I'm actually very strong in um, uh, strength training. I love lifting weights because physically I'm a strong woman. I can't stand cardio. (laughs) But you know what? When I do strength training, that also does involve cardio. So naturally, as I do my strength training and lift weights and do my squats with the barbell and the weights that all the trainers put on it, naturally it does uh, cardio for me as well. So I'm strengthening the thing that I'm lacking, the thing that I'm weak in, that's naturally coming up. So that's something that we can do. And I just want to share also... um, a quick formula of what to do. You know, I made a choice and every day I had to make a choice. Did the anxiety try to come back and scratch at my door? Absolutely. Absolutely. Did the thoughts come back? Did the situation change currently as of, what are we, May, May 3rd, 2023? No. The situation hasn't changed. But you know what? I made a daily choice to say, nah. I'm not going to deal with this thing. I made a daily choice to kick it out. And when it tried to return, I just kicked that out again immediately. I faster and sooner kicked it out. I really like to live in peace. My neighborhood is a very quiet neighborhood. I live with uh, a lot of older Asian people. I love them because they're very quiet people. <laughs> I don't hear an ambulance, uh, uh, people cussing out my window. I don't hear any of that. I hear birds and I love it. So for me to keep my mind in peace and not be a prisoner and in turmoil and in war in my own home, here's a simple, some simple things or formulas or remedies that you can use for anxiety. The first thing, start with thanks. God, I thank you. And just go down the list. God, I thank you for my life. I thank you for my body, that this works, that that works. Thank God that you haven't had surgery. And if you did have surgery, thank God that all went well. Thank God for where you live. Thank God for your mode of transportation. And if you don't have what you want, that'll, excuse me, that'll get better. Thank God if you have children for your children. Thank God for your food. Thank God for the finances you have. Even if it's not what you want, thank God for it. If it's a dollar in your pocket, hallelujah, thank you, God, for the dollar. If it's lint in your pocket, Lord, I thank you for the money that's coming. Thank God for everything. Go down the list. Thank him for the times that you drove in your car and you didn't get into an accident. Thank God for the times you were able to run out your house and run to the store and able to come back and nothing happened. Thank God for, just categorize it. Thank God for your spouse, your friends, your whomever, your family. The fact that you can lay in your bed when you want, you know, at night or you have a job or just thank God. Secondly, Read the word and some scripture that you can do is Psalm 46:10. God says, be still and know that I am God and still is to let drop, to abandon, be still, be abandoned, be relaxed, refrain, forsake, let go, be quiet, quiet your mind, quiet your thoughts. Sometimes anxiety, it shouts like a crying baby is nagging. That's anxiety. It is a nagging, whiny child. You don't know what it needs. You fed it. You changed it. You clothed it. What else do you want, baby? Be quiet. So you have to shut down the voices in your mind 
and and say, "Uh uh-uh, be quiet. I command you to be quiet in the name of Jesus. The third thing you can do is, um, it has to do with allowing the Lord to purify your heart. And purification just means that something's clean. There may be some things in our heart at times that could exacerbate anxiety or stress or fear or worry or doubt or any of those feelings. So we have to allow the Lord to purify our heart, to do a deep internal cleaning. Sometimes those things that we may have in our heart, those triggers, can cause a clog. And a clog... You know, when someone has a uh, a stroke, um, a heart attack, is it? It's usually a small something. It's usually a very small clot that can cause a catastrophic um, attack or, you know, even death. And it, the smallest clot can make a big grown person fall to the ground, die, have pain in their chest. And that's the things in our heart sometimes that we have clogged up in us unforgiveness, anger, bitterness, those things can exacerbate anxiety, fear, especially fear because anxiety is rooted in fear. And just submit it to God. You know, say, Lord, I really don't know what's in my heart. Search my heart. Find me. Test me. Know my anxieties. And clean me out, Lord, because I really don't know what's in there. And the Lord will start to show you, well, you know, last month when it was time to pay bills, you worried. You know, when you went to go put gas in your car, you have some thoughts of doubt of, you know, should you fill it up or should you put half the tank? Sometimes it's the littlest things where we don't realize that we're worrying. We go to the grocery store and we're like, man, I would like a snack or I want those bag of chips. Well, no, I don't know because doubts. Are we really trusting God with every single thing in our life? Are we really letting go? Or are we, excuse me, living in a stifleness, don't live stifled in unforgiveness and brokenness of your past. Let it go. Anxiety and breathing fast and a quickened heart, those are things that will actually take away from my life. Stress, I was just telling a client, she was like, I'm worried about this and I have this pain in my body and I'm worried and I'm worried. I said, stop, stop worrying. It only makes you look older and takes away from your life. Anxiety and stress, depletes your life it doesn't add to your life it doesn't help the situation it doesn't fix it so this is a heart that needs to have more of a focus on God the anxious heart and you can say right now my heart is God's property so I'll allow God to clean it you can make that your confession right now my heart is God's property so I'll allow God to clean it another thing is um we, ha- we can't be double-minded. We can't be living, wavering in, in uncertainty and doubt, divided interest, double purpose, double opinions, living a double life. God wants us to have an undivided attention. And you know what the Lord shared with me about being double-minded? It's as simple as this. You're fixed on this one thing. This is what you know you're going to do. But then another opinion comes. I don't know whether it could be fact or truth, but something else comes. You know, in the Garden of Eden, Eve was sure about what God said. God said, do not eat from the tree of knowledge. Do not eat from this tree. That was a fact. That was truth. 
The enemy came and gave her another thought and it made her double-minded. Now she's caught in between two two truths, two, because what she thought was true, how the enemy proposed it to her. Oh, is it really true that God said this? And he gave her another thought in her mind. He gave her another opinion. So Eve became double-minded. That's why it was so easy for her to sin. So just know that when you're double-minded, you can easily fall into sin. You can easily fall into not trusting God, not believing God. I've done it many times. I've easily fell into disobedience because of being double-minded, where I had delayed obedience, which is still disobedience. If God says, do this at this day, this time, do it. Don't do it two weeks from now and be like, oh, I did it. No, no. Delayed obedience is still disobedience. So we still have to say, Lord, forgive me. So that's something else that you can do. And um, lastly is to pray. And we can pray right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you, God, for whoever is listening right now. If there be any anxiety, stress, fear, doubting, anger, or bitterness, or anything, God, in that person's heart where they don't know, Lord, search their heart now. Lord, let bring it up to the forefront. And I pray, God, that you eradicate every anxiety, every weight, every sin, everything that entangles the listener, God. I pray, God, that you eradicate it, that you take it away. I pray, God, that you put a new mind in them, God, creating them a new clean heart and renew a right spirit in them, God. Renew their mind, Lord. Help them to have peace which surpasses understanding. Help them to know that you are there with them. Help them to know that you love them so much and you don't want them to worry about anything, but instead pray about everything, telling you, God, what they need and thanking you, God, for all that you have done. That way, you, God of peace, will be with them, as it says in Philippians 4, 6 to 10. That, Lord, that they will keep their mind fixed and final on things that is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable and virtuous. That they'll think on things that are excellent and worthy of praise. That they'll put these things into practice, being consistent with this making the choice to say no, 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 no. I will cast down these vain thoughts and imaginations and high things that exalt itself against the knowledge of God and place it in captivity and to the obedience of Christ, ready to punish all disobedience when obedience is fulfilled. And what is the knowledge of God? That we have peace, my brothers, my sisters, my beloveds, as the Lord calls you, that we have peace. The thing that tries to come against our mind, anxiety, the things that try to come against the knowledge of God is stress and fear. But tonight and today or this afternoon, whenever someone is listening, let it be cast out in a shalom and a rest, a mist of peace, a refreshing wind blow on them right now. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Okay, beloveds. I hope that this word refreshed you, that it encouraged you. I hope that you received something from it. Until next time, blessings.
Love you.